We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Utah Jazz 111-103. I hate the Jazz. It feels like 2001. This is fantastic. Fantastic. Hating the Jazz is a national pastime we should all embrace. We're 15 games over 500. Rudy Gobert didn't get any hugs from anyone on the way out because no one likes him. Uh, For those of you wondering, we started the show a little bit early because Josh opted to uh, record the podcast by himself tonight so I could get a jump here, so I could get back to getting ready for my six-year-old's birthday. So, Team, you guys know the rules. Rules is a harsh, you know, it's a bit of a strong term. When you come up on stage, just check to make sure that you are muted or unmuted by being out in the main screen away from the chat. Look at your icon when you're talking to make sure it's picking up your uh, audio. And let's have a good time talking about hating the jazz. Coming up first, friend of the program, Brett Stover. What's happening tonight, buddy? Uh, Just... Enjoying that win. Um, first thing I think is that Dinwiddie, it genuinely feels like he's been on the team much longer, um, you know, than he has, to me at least. Like, it feels bizarre that, you know, that there was a point at which he wasn't, just considering how well he's he's fit on the team. Like, he seems like he's u- pretty used to playing, you know, with all the players out there, uh, even though he's only had probably, you know, only a few practices with them. Right. Right. No, this yeah, is I, this is a good point because there's a lot of – it's kind of hard to describe because I don't remember having a player quite like this who, who people are so emotionally attached to so quickly. It's really nice. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously he's not going to shoot, like, 48% from three or whatever. Um, 
but even when he's not, when he, you know, he can get downhill in a way that even like Brunson can, um, and like create his own shot, especially against defenders who aren't small or on a mismatch. Um, it was great seeing Gobert get embarrassed thoroughly. I dislike Gobert. He is probably like the most hated player I would say in the league. Like I think I can't think of a player who is more highly disliked, kind of universally by other players and fans. Well, it's very odd because I had a jazz friend of mine being like, "Well, now we see why everybody hates like Luca." And I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like I understand why people hate Luca. He is disrespectful. He is. He just does things which make you angry if you're watching him from another team, but he's not like the things that Rudy does and gets away with on a play-by-play basis, like the body contact, like the, the, you know, some of the stuff at the rim, like Maxi stopped shooting and all of a sudden was like, here, come block me, Rudy. Like that sort of stuff's a little bit different, but I don't know. I just, I, I would love Rudy if he were a jet, if he were a Maverick, <laughs> but he's not. So I'm, uh, I don't feel uh, bad about this. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Maxi, um, I don't know. Like they obviously they played well when he was on the court, despite him. Like he scored like way. Like I checked the box score and he like hit two threes, and I have no recollection of that happening. Like I do not. Like I do not recall watching him hit like make make it make a shot in the game, and yet he supposedly scored like eight points or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Maxi is such a challenging player because when he is helpful to the team, it feels like they crush people. But then when he's bad offensively, it, it's so obvious. I mean, he dribbled into a 15-footer that hit the bottom of the rim. That's hard. Yeah, that was – he should. He had like one good play where he dribbled the ball, but he should almost never do that. It's yeah. just it's just, just painful. Um Luca locked down Mitchell on defense. Like that like obviously, you know, with the caveat that it's like a back to back, but like I I'm also watching like the Nuggets barely lead the Warriors and like the Warriors are resting like their top like ten players on their roster. <laughs> so so like so while yes it's a back to back and you know there are like schedule like schedule losses in the NBA, but it's still a good win. I mean like consider like the way in which they did it, like it never felt there was never a point in the game in which, you know, you felt like they were going to lose. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the Jazz were on a run, in, like, in the fourth, and but it was never, like, the Mav. You, you didn't feel, like, at least I didn't feel, like, you know, stressed or, like, worried, like, oh, you know, they're going to give it up. I mean, the ending of that game is not what you want. The, the, yeah. the Mavericks, you know, getting outscored by 11 in the final period is just not what you want. Um the Mavericks and the you know the, the Jazz are playing their fourth game in five nights and they looked it early. Um, Mitchell in particular had some had some just tired looking legs, uh, but you know Conley is like a one of seven, kind of an ugly game. Like I don't want to take anything away from the Mavericks win, but it's just what this game reinforces to me is I really don't want to play them in the playoffs. What do you think? Um. I mean, in terms of like ranking teams, I would I would like to like you know in theory like of the teams that they could play like I like I think the Grizzlies are the team I would mo- most like to play though that's a the odds of that happening are pretty pretty low um, given like what the Grizzlies schedule looks like like they're not going to be anything lower than third um, but I don't know like 
I like like I don't like I both don't really like them playing the Jazz, but I've also watched the Jazz in the playoffs for like many consecutive years. So know what happens to them? Like, and so like like maybe that won't happen to the Mavs, but like every time the Jazz have faced a competent team in the playoff, like a like a very good team, like they beat you know the like the young Grizzlies last year, um, but that was like you know Morant's first playoffs, and they were nowhere near as good of a team as they are this year. Um, but like every time they've like they lost to the Clippers without Kawhi, like that's like like they just have issues as a team. They're going to continue playing that drop coverage, and I don't think that they can like stop the Mavs. My only hope for a playoff series would be that the whistle is like not what it has been in all of these games, but like I that just seems like you know what it's going to be every time these two. Yeah, and that's what I like. That's kind of why I don't want to see it for the playoffs because there's an element of free flowing basketball against different teams, but the getting a win against the Jazz feels just like grinding shit to dust at a certain point, and it brings out things that this team is gonna. The Mavericks would have to shoot really well against the Jazz. They shot really well against the Night. They were plus 15 compared to the Jazz in three point shooting, and still won by eight <laughs> against the Jazz team that was exhausted. I was thinking, yeah, they they attempted like twenty more threes or something ridiculous, mm-hmm. like, and that's what the Jazz will will make you do. And so, yeah. you know, on nights like this, when you know Luka hits like half his threes and and Dorian it's hits fine. half his threes, yeah, and Dinwiddie hits half his, th- that's you can live with with like Maxi like shooting poorly, um, yeah. and like you know like Bullock being basically a non-factor on offense. Man, Reginald, um, Reginald needs yeah. to get it together. Um, but, but yeah, like that's just, you know, every game between those two teams is going to be, it's going to look like this. I mean, like we've like every game with the jazz is like not different in terms of like they they play exactly the same way. Like they are coached, I would say pretty well to do a pretty specific brand of basketball that they can do very well. Like, and then if, so if you can match what they are like, you know, out scheme them, you will win. But it requires you to like consistently bring it every night because they will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was just kind of a. It was a game where I'm really glad they won, and I still have the same set of concerns. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like at this point, I don't know. Like, the, I still like hold some degree of hope that like the Mavs can like rise up in the standings, like and like hope that you know the Warriors continue their slide or that um, or that the Grizzlies, you know, lose a few games. But I mean, more than likely this will be, this will be the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I'm just going to choose to ignore until it actually happens. Thanks, yeah. Brett. You got anything else? Nope. Thanks for having me up. All right, man. Just like wins that get me angry, like not angry at the Mavs, but just sort of like riled up watching the game. Like that's why, that's why we do the sports stuff. It's good stuff. Um, Armand. Welcome to the show. What do you got for us tonight? Hey, man. Um, there's a lot to take away from this game tonight. Um, this is like this was really big for us um, standing-wise. I mean, we're half a game away from Utah. Um, I think I, – I know it's going to be hard, but I really, really think we could catch the number two seed. It's just everything has to go our way. Which, with the way they've been playing lately, uh-huh. I mean, I'm kind of a negative Nancy, but, like, everything is go- is turning up Mavs. And, yeah, and if you look at our schedule, too, like, you know, there's going to be a couple of games that are tough. I know we got 
we got Boston coming up. We got Philly coming up. We got Brooklyn coming up. That's going to be a tough stretch, but I think we can pull through. And, um, like, honestly, like, Warriors, they got a tough schedule. Like, I was just looking at their schedule. They honestly could go 0-6 their next six games. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis, Memphis is going to be the only team that I'm worried about. But, like, you know, I mean, you can only pray. <laughs> really? So you're you're worried about Memphis despite the fact that Dallas has wore them like a hat this season? Like, no, I'm like, I wouldn't mind playing Memphis in the pre- playoffs. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think we can catch them standing standings wise. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're too. They're too. Yeah, they're they're doing really well right now. So that's. Um, a good one. I think I think one thing that hasn't been talked about enough is that Powell has been getting into foul trouble really easily. He got fouled out on Saturday. He was at five mm. foul. That's that's something that we got to watch out for. Which is kind of you know it's it's sort of funny where. I, that were worried about Dwight Powell foul trouble in the year 2022 yeah. is I mean, fucking bizarre. Like him or hate him, he's been pretty good. He has been. He really matters. And Dorian Finney-Smith, oh, man, we, we got to start a riot if that guy does not make all NBA defensive team. It's interesting. I'm going to be very curious to see if the Mavericks get someone. Um, they definitely should. I mean, like. Maxie's been playing great defense, but I don't. He I don't really enough. Make it, but I don't. He deserves it, like especially like he deserves every single penny that he's gotten. Oh no, Kendrick Perk. This sorry, not to not to change directions. Jose uh-huh. just posted in the chat a Kendrick Perkins tweet where he praises us. So things are all everyone, yep. uh, you know, sell, you know, uh, everybody head for the hills. This is concerning. A Kendrick Perkins endorsement is not great. Yeah, I mean, no, nah, I think I think we'll be good. Um, but yeah, definitely, like Brett was saying, we're most likely gonna end up playing the Jazz. But I'll I'll take the Mavs in that series. Mavs in six. Love it. Thanks, Armand. You got anything yeah. else? Um, yeah, I just want to make one one more point regarding that. Um, just think about it. We took Kawhi and Paul George to Game Seven, and Luca did not have a true second option because you know. God knows what was going on with KP during that series, but now he's gone. We got Spencer Dinwiddie, who's an absolute bucket. And if you're going to tell me that to pick between Kawhi and Paul George versus Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, give me Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I like the Mavs in six in that series. It's a good argument. Got to admit, not really loving the like individual. Like they just sort of freak me out. But that's a really yeah. But I mean, cla- like, that's a clarifying argument. I I think it's valid considering just how the playoff series went down last year. Like it was just all Luca. Yes. And he he carried us. He took Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to seven games. Like, where like I that's get, impressive. Where I get bitchy is like Rudy Gobert just doesn't fucking get called for fouls. That is true. I hate that shit. Like he just he humps everyone. He he's bot like he's really good at this. So I'm not trying to take anything. Well, away I mean from another thing about him is that. Like every year, he always disappears in the postseason. It's only Donovan. Yeah, Mitchell, he didn't. You know, the playing off the floor thing kind of gets overmatched. I mean, Mitchell's always outstanding in the postseason. They're just mm-hmm. a good team, and that, like them being just a good team. I mean, I suppose this is you know this is kind of the bitch of being like in the five six area is like I don't want to play any of these teams because they're all good. Yeah, because I mean, the thing with Nuggets is that you know Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. They come back. That would be scary. Let's say. Let's say we do catch the second seed, but then the Clippers end up win- winning the play, and then they get Kawhi and PG back. Then that's going to be a problem again. That's like, some dark timeline shit. Like, wow. Yeah, like I just feel like worrying about that is just going to stress us out even more. So, you know, just might as well just win out. And, like, you know, whoever we get, we'll take them. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like our chances. Well, thank you so much for joining. All right, thank you for having me. Yep, talk soon. Um, let's go with let's go with Jared. Hey, Jared, what's going on? My bad, sir. How are you doing tonight? I am okay. Don't don't have too much time, but uh, something no one's really talked about either on online or in here is when Dorian volunteered to uh, jump with uh, jump with Gobert on that jump ball. That was that was massive, in my opinion. Loved it, and he won. Like the fact that he won that was hilarious. The, the swagger and attitude this dude has, and the confidence. Like he literally pointed to my chase. He's like, "I got it. I got it. Go back. Go back." And he and he just jumped and got the deflection. Like, oh my god. No, it's 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 good stuff. Watching Dorian. Um, and this I'm okay saying this now, but one of my favorite things is that Dorian is 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 playing better since signing his contract extension. Yeah, which is really nice. You you can't really say the same thing uh, about Tim. But yeah, I only <laughs> have two Mavericks jerseys of current players: Don, uh, Luca, and and uh, the second one's Dodo. Uh, just, just love that dude. I also think it's hilarious that every time when he gets a block off the backboard, you can hear him uh, scream, "Give me that!" or maybe "Give me that shit!" Whenever it uh, flies off the backboard. <laughs> I know it's great stuff. He plays with, uh, he plays with joy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna jump off. But uh, y'all have a good night. You too, Jared. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's go, Chris. How you doing, Chris? Chris, hit that unmute button for us. I think it uh, it's changed uh, the auto bring up on stage thing. We'll give Chris a second to figure out figure it out. And he just removed himself. Come on, Chris. Tony, excellent icon on your uh, profile there. Really like that Neon Mavs logo. Hit the unmute button. Maybe not. Uh, we'll try again in a few minutes, Tony. Thank you so much. Uh, Chris, let's try it again. Okay, now I can. It, it didn't have that uh, red button where I could press. That's... I'm good. I'm good. And I did miss the last uh, Mavs party. I was stuffing my face with fried chicken at Babes in Arlington right when uh, y'all started y'all's Mavs parties. <laughs> That's a much better option. I like hanging out with you guys, but fried chicken is superior to, to sitting on. <laughs> Yeah, and just to backtrack, just to tag, because um, on that Kings game, yeah, we went, and then right before the game, then I found out Luca wasn't playing. And, I mean, I, I've been to another Mavs game early in the season when, you know, Luca hit that buzzer beater against Boston, but I was like, my wife was with me. The last time she saw Luca in per, uh, playing was his very first home game against the Timberwolves back in 2018. It's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. You know, it's a it's a load management game, I would that say. That ended so. up being a great game to go to. Oh, yeah, it, it was just it was annoying at first how just how many calls were against it. Just, you know how the game went, but it's just like, yeah, towards the end. Uh, yeah, that was definitely, as long as we got the win, I don't care. Like, I mean, I want to see Luca play in person, but that's okay. I'm going to, I'll catch them next month at a playoff game. Um, but yeah, I, this uh, game against the jazz, it makes me feel good about us playing them in the playoffs. Cause I think that's most likely what's going to happen. And now we have a chance to, we win Wednesday. Please do not lose against the Knicks because we've lost against them already this year, didn't we? I think that was yes. They shot a thousand percent. But I don't know. I got to look up who the Jazz played maybe Wednesday. But uh, yeah, if we can pick up that win, which we should, you know, hopefully Jazz lose. I mean, I mean, there's still plenty of games left, but I feel good about playing the Jazz because I'm kind of afraid of playing the Nuggets now. Just how 
nuclear Jokic is going right now in the league. So uh, I don't know about that. And I don't think we're going to be playing the Grizzlies because we're, I just don't see us going down to the sixth spot and then, you know, playing Memphis. But how, how do you feel you think against the jazz? I mean, do you think that the Mavs would play ball bond more? He hasn't even played. No. Yeah. I think he played no. like what, 30 seconds or something in the last game, but it was for uh, rebound purposes, I think. So, so tonight you kind of saw a little bit of what kid was talking about after the last, last jazz game where he said the Mavericks have the, the, like they like that matchup, that switch on, on um, that switch on uh, when Rudy goes on to Luca. I'm not sure. I just, I don't like the stylistic feel of this matchup. I appreciate everyone who says that they think the Mavs can win. I don't have a deal for it because there's a, the way the Jazz play and the way the Mavericks play, it, it's a styles make fights kind of game. And it, it just, it worries me because the Mavericks played really good tonight and they only won by eight. Yeah, they just, I mean, Jazz going on like nine, two runs and those kinds yeah. of things. Like I'm afraid, like they're a streaky team, more so on playing good. Uh, obviously, they're one of the best, they're probably the best three point shooting team in the league. I, that is my concern. But, uh, I guess with Denver, I mean, I don't know if Michael Jordan uh, Porter Jr. is coming back or if Jamal Murray's coming back, but uh, they just got to keep just all they just keep winning, get home court advantage because we saw what happened last year. I know we we won pretty much all our games against the Clippers away, but I mean that seventh game, if it was in Dallas, you never know how it would have gone, you know. So yeah, uh, but just with the uh, let's see, Gobert, trying to think what else I was gonna say. I totally forgot. I don't know. Anyway, we should we need to win Wednesday. It was a great win tonight. Uh, makes me feel a little bit better about playing the Jazz, but we got we got to beat them again in what in twenty days and you know go from there. So hopefully they don't kick our ass next time for as a revenge game. <laughs> for sure, no. But winning that game, you know, winning the next Jazz game would be pretty important just in terms of I don't know what the tiebreakers would be if you split the season season series. But it, it would it would go a long way to assuaging my confidence. Yeah, yeah. Because if we can win that game, then that just shows you right there. And you know, playoff Luca is going to be even better. So, uh, and, and we didn't even have Jalen Brunson tonight. And oh yeah, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. Just I mean, God, he's just impressing the hell out of me. Like I I just feel so much better about the Mavs since we've had him. I know Bertans is going to get his his look. He's only made like one three tonight, but I'm just I'm really happy with Dinwiddie being on the team, just having that extra playmaker. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, what is good? This dude is impressive the hell out of me, too. Like, he gets he gets that bag, and he plays even better now. Like, I mean, hitting all those threes, this is, like, perfect timing because the beginning of the year we were having, what, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Moses Brown and Sterling Brown and Trey Burke minutes and stuff. I mean, our, our team is totally different from what it was in the beginning of the season. So yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, and there's still and there's still areas for people to improve. Like we we're not really crushed him because there's no reason to because they keep winning. But you know our our man Bullock is is kind of in a struggle bus right now. And if he actually plays kind of okay, things work out. If Berton starts hitting the occasional three, and you know, Berton's is a his plus nine. He was a plus nine in 14 minutes and was one from four from the floor. Just a riot. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully with Reggie Bullock, a uh, little funky's going on. Maybe by the time. The playoffs hit. He'll just go go off, and hopefully Dorian Finney Smith can maintain his three point shooting. And you know, Luca's just gonna. I feel like we've seen it in the playoffs. So every time it it means more. He just plays at this extreme level. So I mean, I, I feel great about 
whoever we play, honestly, as long as we get home court advantage, then. So. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Well, thanks, Chris. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So we got Tony. Let's try again. I know what you mean about the Wi-Fi kicking you uh, on and off. This happens to me whenever I do spaces in my uh, front yard. So hit the unmute button there uh, once you pull out of the chat. Tony's going to let you talk. All right. Got to move on. Um, Jacob, what's going on? Hit the unmute button. and. Uh... Hey, Kirk. What's going on? I'm just enjoying myself. Another win. Another win. It's delightful. All right. Streaking is fun, isn't it? Uh-huh. All right. So couple thoughts on the game. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, since Dinwiddie's been such a revelation, uh, do you think that maybe he should start over Brunson? Uh, he, I will say it's matchup dependent. Right, right. Brunson's certainly struggled with like long defend, like tall, taller guards this year. Yeah. And that's what Dinwiddie is. So, I mean, I guess you can play the matchup there. Well, I mean, Matt Phillips who's hanging out there in the chat. Um, he, he, uh, wrote an article today about how like Brunson's numbers since Dinwiddie joined the team are absolutely outstanding. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of underscored really how, how good they are. And the two actually play really well together. I think that we could see some three guard lineup. I think that, you know, not relying on Brunson being, you know, Brunson's really well kind of as a place really well as a secondary attacker. So if they're able to play Spencer and Brunson and, and Luca and Brunson, together at times, I think we're going to see the best out of him. I really do. Okay. All right. And I can't shout out Doran. He's just as steady as he come, as they come. It's really amazing. He's just, yeah. is he the third best player on the team? I don't know. Might be. I would have to think so. Just especially the consistency he has. Uh, honestly, he might be as consistent as Luca is. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you, Jacob. You got anything else? Yeah, I wanted to maybe get your ranking on most, like, because we could play any of the four of Nuggets, Jazz, Warriors, or Grizzlies. So I was kind of maybe wanted to rank them how favorable or how much you would rather play one over the other. Ooh, the Warriors are really, really uh, injury dependent because if Draymond's playing, I think it changes everything. Yeah. Uh, but because he's dealing with a back and nerve issue, I think it's really actually quite reasonable to assume he might not come back. Uh, nobody really wants to say that out loud, but nerve stuff is really, really not good. Um, and then we have, I don't know, I kind of want to do Grizzlies, maybe Warriors. Who are the other two teams? What's wrong with me? I should know this. Guys and Nuggets. I would want to play the Nuggets because I think a Nuggets would be a fun basketball series, like an aesthetically pleasing, insanely offensive basketball series would be fun to me. I mean, Jokic always puts up hysterical numbers against the Mavericks, but the Mavericks also really seem to have their number in times this year. I know that they have certain guys coming back, but like Michael Porter Jr., I just don't trust his body is not there, even though he's an incredible basketball player. And Jamal Murray's coming back from an ACL and ACLs are not, easy things to come back from immediately. Um, I've been, you know, ch- arguing in the chat a little bit, like Jokic is playing. Jokic is playing absolutely insane basketball. He is the, if he doesn't win the MVP, I will be surprised, even though they're, they're like a six seed. It's just like that level of play. He's just unreal. But 
I don't know. I would like to see it because I think like him and Luca trading heavyweight punches is really fun basketball as opposed to sort of like the Jazz who I want to see last, which is a matter of are the Mavs going to hit threes? Yes. Oh, they are. Okay. Is someone going to guard Dorian, uh, Donovan Mitchell when he takes 35 foot jumpers? No, they're not. Oh, fuck. Like that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it. I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this take. I don't know how spicy it is, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with it. I think that this team is better than the Blazers team that made the Western Conference Finals a couple of seasons ago. Say that again. I, I this this team is better than the Trailblazers team that made the West Finals. Uh, what was it, nineteen? I think this team is. Oh, better. oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's a clear path to the Western Conference Finals for these guys. It's just getting right at the right time. I could also see them getting blanked, like you know, losing two to four to the jazz as much as that pisses me off to say out loud. Yeah. We, I, a home court would be important. I called it, I called it a couple of weeks ago here and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to need my, hopefully my take holds up. So. No, I like it. Well, thanks so much, Jacob. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to try my homie, Tony again. Tony, pull yourself out of the chat when you're looking at the main page. Hello. Oh, there we go. Thank God. Finally. That's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> long time first time uh i've always wanted to say that um yeah so i was just at the game <clears throat> my uh my girlfriend got us some good awesome. seats uh, about 15 rows up yeah yeah i got us some good seats 15 rows up uh for valentine's day and um yeah my key takeaways were basically yeah like you said earlier uh go bear he, he gets away with i don't know armed robbery every single time he guards on the perimeter um he has the foul two, three, four times before they even get to the paint to quote unquote play good defense. Um, it was just incredibly frustrating every time he, uh, he decided to guard someone on the perimeter that that's, it was just, yeah, you can see it. It's clear as day, but somehow they just never call it. Well, it's particularly like an angles thing because when you have somebody on your hip and that person is still humping you, that's a foul and they just don't call it. And the argument that Rudy himself is like, well, well, Luke is pushing me with his arm bar. Well, because he's allowed – Luca as the ball handler, has allowed his space, and the refs just don't call that stuff. I, right. And then, yeah, and then, like, secondly, um, the, the other thing I saw <clears throat> that was, like – it felt very important for the playoffs. It felt like game zero of, like, the 4-5 matchup um, this year, which was basically Luca <clears throat> running pick and roll or pick and pop with Maxi or whoever it is seems so obvious and so predictable – and they need to find a way to have him come off ball, have him be the screener, like you said before. Um, and they did that a couple times. They, like a couple of, of Maxi bricks um, from three, they, they decided, okay, let's let's get Maxi off the floor and then have Luca be off ball in the corner and then come off the screen, one or two screens off the corner, and then come off another screen once he gets the ball. And then it, it led to, like, I think a Dinwar- Dinwiddie corner three and then – maybe an alley-oop, it, it just felt like much more flowy than the uh, traditional just let's let Luca take the ball up the court and then run a pick-and-roll, get Gobert into a pick-and-roll, they'll, they'll trap, and then he'll, he'll eventually just kick to a top-of-the-key uh, maxi brick. Um, and that, that was just sort of something that was, like, so obvious. And they, they eventually went away from it, and it felt way better once they decided to get Luca coming off the screens off the ball. Well, and more Luca off-ball stuff and different utilizing of different players. Like, I think they're still trying a lot of things. Um, 
there's still a lot in their bag that they could go to that they just haven't even broken out. And I think that's primarily why these jazz games, maybe it's like a fearful point for me, for the jazz where it's, I'm not seeing the Mavericks do all the things they could do for very strong, like tactical reasons. And so if you, if, if that's why people are more confident in playing the jazz where it's like, Oh, the, the Mavericks are going to bust out some very specific stuff. I think that is really, really something. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I see everybody's point with it. It's just, I don't like these jazz games. It's not like none of them have been enjoyable to me. Even this one where the Mavericks were rocking out. Yeah, and I think, <clears throat> lastly, um, the, it, I was sort of semi-excited to see that Brunson wasn't going to be able to play because I wanted to see how we'd close a game with Dinwiddie and like there would be no question about whether Brunson or Dinwiddie would be closing. I, I think there's just a 0% chance that Brunson closes a playoff game at this point because um, they're just going to find a way to get length on him and Dinwiddie can, can sort of like counter that. So I, I just I – just, that's my last point. I just don't see any way that Dinwiddie is not closing games over Brunson in the playoffs. Sure. Well, but but my kind of thought is, why can't all three play? The, it, I, I mean, wouldn't hate that. I really wouldn't. It's it's defense. You know, we, <laughs> sure, sure. But then we saw yeah. um, who do we see tonight? We saw Bullock try to advance the ball past half court. Oh yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> just <laughs> threw it into someone else. Yeah, that was not great. Yeah. So, is there anything else I can uh, we we want to talk about tonight? No. Th- thanks for giving me a third attempt. I, I have no idea what happened with the app. Yeah, it happens. Thank you. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad, glad you came on up. Awesome. All thanks. right. Let's see here. Who we got next? Doing multiple things at once. My guy Ruben. What's going on? Hey Kurt. Can you hear me okay? I can. You sound yeah, good. Sound good. All right. Uh, no, just a couple things. Um. Definitely that Reggie Bullock bringing it up the court. That's why you pay Brunson uh, whatever he wants because uh, all players are not created equal. Um, you would think it would be easy to just dribble it up the court. But, uh, no, just pick and pop or whatever, you know, stand in the corner, hit a three, Reggie, just just do that. But uh, I, I think we could have won this game by 30 if Brunson played. Like, I know they're coming off a of back-to-back, but – you know, nobody has sympathy for us when we come off a of back-to-back. So, um, you know, we I think we were up at least by 20, almost 21 or something like that. But, you know, the Jazz are going to, you know, do their thing um, and not go quietly. So, um, but, yeah, I, I don't fear them in the playoffs because Luka has another mode. Like, playoff Luka is a thing. Um, definitely, like, just look how he played the Clippers and the Jazz don't have – two defensive players like, uh, you know, Paul George and Kawhi. So, um, but yeah, I definitely paid Brunson. Um, I like when those three are on the floor. I know it's a little weird, um, but I think they can literally, if they wanted to, uh, you know, blow teams out if, you know, if defensively we can keep up, you know, the things we need to keep up. So, um, and I'm a little confused why the Nuggets are ranked over us. And we, I think we're two games better than them. So who votes for that, if you know? <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's a lot of things looking at where the Mavericks could finish the year. Hey, you had mute. Sorry. Getting some feedback. Um, there's a lot going on right now. And, like, we're having this discussion in the chat. And 
when you look at like the the schedules and it's not just strength of schedule based on like win loss record there's stuff that you factor in like days rest playing on who's playing on who back to backs things like that like the, this is why this was such a big win for the Mavericks because if they would have lost to the Jazz Jazz have played four games in five nights they're on the second game of back to back losing this game would have sucked uh, the Mavericks have a number of games down the stretch right until the final week, which are going to be, they're going to be at rest disadvantages. They're also going to be on the road at particular points and they've won some big road games, but they're, um, they're not, I don't know. They're an okay road team, um, but they're not as good as you would want them to be in certain respects with some of the games that they've lost. So uh, people like are ranking the nuggets like that, just because I sort of think that people believe the Mavericks will eventually peter out with how they're playing in sort of like the post Porzingis bump. Um, I think there's an argument for that, but I also think that if that argument held some water, they would have lost more than one of these games. And instead they've come out of all-star break and just kind of continued to kick ass um, I just, there, there's a few things that I worry about, particularly to do with depth, because like Maxi and Powell are hilariously important to this team's success, uh, in the long term. And Maxi, even though he's a plus 16 tonight, didn't play that great of a game, and Powell gets in foul trouble. And those are the two bigs. That's kind of who it is right now, because Marquise, Chris, no one, we just can't count on them. Um, and so like things could really go belly up for the Mavericks in a whole, in like a very unfortunate way. They just haven't yet, so which is why I'm enjoying like these games because it's you know you're notching wins and you're staying ahead. Right, yeah, I, I really can't complain about a five game win streak, but I think Marquise Chris could be key, um, and it's kind of like nobody's talking about it. Um, you know, you mentioned Dwight and Maxi, but I think Chris kind of gives us. I know he's probably almost the same size, but I don't know his intensity is a little bit different than those two. Sure. Uh, down in the paint, um, and I I hope he comes back like he was. Um, uh, is there any news on that, or is no, he ever? No, like I, I hate the concept of him having knee soreness because that's not an injury; that's a symptom. And they're just what trying to keep him from busting ACL or something like KP or something. I have no idea. That's what makes a. That's what makes like putting on the injury report sort of frightening because this is what the problem was with fucking Porzingis. Is it would just always be. Oh, he's dealing with knee soreness. What the hell does that mean? Like, I, I wake up in the bed, I have, I, you know, I wake up and I'm 38. I wake up in the morning, I have hip soreness. Like, it's not good, but I'm all. Right, right. Maybe they're just kind of saving him for the playoffs. I don't know. I hope he, you know, comes back game one of the playoffs. But I didn't have much. Um, love the game. Spence has given us, he just keeps giving, the player that just keeps giving. Like, when you need a bucket, he just gets in the lane. It looks kind of awkward, but. It's what he does. He is like he stops on a dime and lets the player go by him and just pulls up with that mid range. Uh, uh, and his three, he's hitting his three. I don't, not sure what the Washington fans were talking about. I guess it was just that environment. But I mean, I, it's pretty wild with Spencer because it, it, I keep waiting for him to come to earth to a certain degree, and then he just hasn't. Like. We're we're kind of having a, a debate in the chat right now where you know our, our friend Victor is is walking through for he he's trying to make the case that the Mavericks roster is better than the Nuggets roster right now and I firmly disagree. Uh, but where where we're where we're talking about with with some of these these guys, it's just it's it's pretty wild <laughs> to see what's up like what's what's happening with with uh with with these Mavericks because I just I sort of expect like Dinwiddie to 
not, I don't want to say fall apart. It's not what I mean. It's just, he's hitting like 50% from three right now. And then like 60% from two, he's playing out of his mind. Hey, it's, it's almost like you got to look at it like football almost. It, it's, I know it's a longer season, but uh, you can play, you can start out with like five and oh, you know, five wins in a row in football. But if you don't play your best football in like, you know, late in the season, then what is it good for? And I feel like, you know, going down this stretch, this is the best time to be hot. It, I'm glad he wasn't yes. hot early in the season. This is the best time to get that stride going. So um, I'll leave with that and uh, go Mavs. Yep. Thanks, buddy. All right. Let's come next. Harold. Hi, Harold. What's up, buddy? Love that dog. Good, good profile photo. Pull out of the chat and hit the un. Thanks. <laughs> I was able to figure it out. Um, hey, how you doing? I'm all right. You know, the, the thing I wanted to say was about uh, the three-guard lineup. Um, I, I really feel like there's a certain ceiling to how good the offense can be with two playmaking guards and then having three or three playmaking guards. Um, I just I don't see how much better the offense is going to get with having the three of them on the floor. Maybe maybe one point better game or, you know, for, for 48 minutes. But the defense is probably going to, you know, suffer, I would think, slightly more than our offense will be improved. I just think there's a certain ceiling with how good the offense can be with the three of them. Because, you know, they're going to be playing off each other, Dinwiddie and Luka, and JB is going to be – over there on the on the side, perhaps in the corner, and sometimes you know JB will be involved with Dinwiddie, and I I just I don't want to I just think that it just maxes out at a certain point. Well, okay, but the argument there has to be that two of the three of them should be on the floor at any one time. Yeah, definitely. I do think two of them should be on the floor at one time. There's no doubt because I think that's fantastic. But having three of them, I just think is is kind of. I just don't see that how much better that's going to be on offense, but on defense, I do think we'll definitely suffer there. Sure. I mean, and that, but that's where it's like you stab at it at different minutes. It depends who you're playing out. I would like to see it just to see it. I mean, Rick Carlisle ran those three guard lineups. And the one thing Matthew who may not be in the chat anymore kept pointing out is that like Dimwitty is, is enormous for a traditional point guard, particularly with his wingspan. Luca is obviously huge. And Brunson is, you know, he's he's smaller. But I think you can get away with it at particular bursts if other, you know, it's like the Warrior stuff is fun because I would like, like they also tend to go really small at times if it helps them. So it's a, it's not something I suggest like on a on a nightly basis. But the fact that you could play two of those three guys at like all 48 minutes does strike me as nice because when you have the two ball handlers, the Mavericks and, and Nick uh, and uh, Nick over at Locked On Mavs, Tweeted this the other night. The Mavericks are basic are, are are clearly number one in the league in drives per game since Brunson is or uh, since uh, Dinwiddie's been on the team, and that is huge compared to where we were talking about earlier in the year, where the Mavericks were usually in like the bottom three for drives, and it's just it's opened up. Yeah, I I love having the two playmaking guards. I think it's fantastic. Um, and um. I had another point. That's okay. Now, if you do, you want to yell at me about about why I don't think the Mads are good enough? You did say that earlier. I don't mind. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I I don't feel I don't feel that strong. Like I can understand why you're saying what you're saying because you've had years and years of the Mavs just you know letting us down. But uh, it's I I do I I really felt for a while that if you get KP off the team, it'll free up a lot of stuff. The ball movement. Will, will be so much better. There was a few games where the Mavs had um, 
five, all five starters have uh, double figures several games in a row when KP was gone. And that was indicative of, of what I was talking about. And you're seeing sure. it's so much more fun now, the way the ball is moving around. Um, oh, my point that I did want to make was about, um, you know, this whole question then, if, if you're only going to play two playmaking guards predominantly, then, you know, who are those guards going to be most of the time? And, you know, I've, I really feel that Dinwiddie is clearly better than JB. And it's going to be a tough decision for the Mavs because if they play JB a little bit less, because I'm thinking JB can be playing about 18, 19 minutes a game, and you can play Spencer like 32 minutes a game. Um, if that happens, what's going to you know happen with JB and his contract? Are they afraid to do that? And I hope they're not. Oh, I, I, I think they, like, I know, you know, I, I absolutely think they bring Brunson back if the money's right. And I don't think they worry about it because for, for him, if he can get his money and play on a, on a good team, I think he would want that. Uh, and then if things don't happen to work out, if he doesn't like his role down the road, then you figure it out. I mean, the thing about NBA teams, and this is sort of where the Mavericks have tricked us the last several years, is none of this stuff is static and none of this stuff matters past Luka Doncic. None of it. The trade of Porzingis should have opened our eyes to that. And like, we should love and enjoy Spencer Dinwiddie. We should enjoy all these guys while we're here. But when you have a top five NBA player or top 10, whatever, who cares what ranking you want to consider him? You build around that player and then you mix and match. That's what made Josh Bowe and I so crazy for two years because it was clear after the 2019 season that Luca was the guy. And instead we're trying to figure out how to fit Porzingis in and it wasn't Porzingis' fault that his body just wasn't right. Because when those two like clicked, those two murdered people. But it just it it stopped happening because Porzingis isn't the same player that he was in 2019-20. So, you know, I think we keep Brunson. I think we pay him and then we just move along and 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 you know, hopefully we don't have to talk about the salary, you know, not the salary cap, the luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kirk. I really appreciate it. You take care. Sure thing. Hope you come back. Uh, I hit the unmute button at the wrong time. Um, let's go. Rustin, welcome to the show. I haven't seen you in here before. Hit that unmute button when you, if you're not in the chat, and let us know what's going on. The unmute button will be when you pull yourself out of the chat, and it's there at the bottom of the page. It's um, big and red. Okay, we'll try again here in a few minutes if you're able to. Tyler. What's happening? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? I'm all right. What uh, what's going on here? <clears throat> uh, just enjoying uh, enjoying the Maz ball lately. Um, in uh, I just have some thoughts on Dinwiddie and his impact. Um, I think his ability to um get inside and do those like little short to mid range floaters and get tough buckets in the mid range are huge for us, um, especially when Luke is not on the floor. Um, Tim, Timmy can kind of do that, but it's not, it just seems like Tim can get really out of control and Dinwiddie seems to be more in control of what he's doing. Um, so I think that's a big plus. Um, and one thing I was looking at Dinwiddie's stats and over his career and um he's never really been on a good team. Uh, he played like two years in Detroit and a handful of years on the Nets before they got other players and were really good. And he had some good moments with the Nets, but they weren't really a good team. 
and he's never been on an offense like this. Um, so, cause I was, you know, his numbers, um, like before this game or before the last couple games, I guess, were like crazy. Like his efficiency was insane. And it's like, all right, all right, this can't hold up. But I think it might be able to be somewhat sustainable um, just in an offense like we have now, um, just because he hasn't really been in a, in a good situation. Like I don't think the threes are sustainable. I think everything else is sustainable. Like he took the bullshit Luca step to the left, like, sidestep three-point jumper tonight that splashed over someone. I want to say it was uh, was Whiteside, maybe. But it's like, I don't foresee those going down at the rate they've been going down. But, like, the drives and the kind of herky-jerky mid-range stuff and sort of like the – they're not like floaters, but they're like push shots over the arms of the defenders. Like, that stuff he's just good at. So I do see that keeping. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think the threes will come down. I think they will be better than his career averages are, though, um, which is going to, you know, that would be a huge plus for us. And and just, you know, in general, having another ball handler on the floor just seems to allow for other guys to be in better better positions to not make mistakes. Like Reggie did have that one where he was dribbling up the court and lost the ball. Uh, but we don't have as much of that with Dinwiddie on the floor. Um, Dorian's not asked to do anything too much. Um, guys are getting the ball in good spots and able to like make a pump fake and dribble around and drive if it's open or, or move the ball. Um, everyone just seems to be – the whole team seems to be improving, except for uh, if, we, if we can just get Maxie to have some goddamn confidence. Um you know, everyone else seems to really be thriving off of having another ball handler on the court. Well, well, here's here's my thought on this. Not everybody is going to play awesome all the time. It's just not going to happen. But if you have a deep enough team, you can survive guys like Brunson needing to have an off night because Brunson's been a warrior this year. If his foot's hurting and he needs to have a rest, you can survive it. If you have all three of them playing, you can survive a maxi or a uh, – or a Bullock off night. You can just, if you have enough, like this is where Josh and I have been freaking out for two years. Cause it's like, get better and more good players. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy concept. <laughs> I don't, you know. I, I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I agree more. Uh, you know, yeah. I really agree with what you just said. Um, but I, I'm super excited for, for what's to come, and I, I just love I love watching our team. It's a huge difference from the start of the season, so I'm just yeah. really thrilled. It's really good to be finishing the season, or at least heading towards the finish of the season, on an upward trend. Because imagine being like a Warriors fan right now where you play so well, but then you're just fighting the tide, and it's slowly coming up over your head, and you can't do anything about it, and you're just hoping for someone to come back. I mean, right now – we're playing for we're playing for something more. Yeah, yeah, super a lot to be grateful for, but that's really all I got. Thank you, Kirk. I appreciate sure it. All right, who we got next? Christian, what's up, dude? Man, I'm I'm surprised no one's brought up Josh Green tonight. Who? I thought it would already be mentioned. What are we um, mentioning about Josh Green? I didn't see anything that he did other than not get guard. No, I, th- I think he played well. I mean, you know, just 
him bring uh, I'm I'm gonna say it, I think for like the first time this year. Ah, the energy that he there always, it is. We've been waiting sixty <laughs> games, people. <laughs> I I just think, you know, he impacts the game in winning ways and just doing weird I don't even know what to call it. He just like does stuff and it turns out to be good most well, of the time. So I, I made perhaps my most dad tweet in in several years where I said Josh Green moves like Vanellope Von Schweetz from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, and if you know that movie, uh, Vanellope has a tendency to just, like, glitch around. And that's what Josh Green does. Like, he just appears at weird places at the right or wrong time. I really enjoy it. But I- Yeah, I, I, I think the thing I'm most excited about is, like, it seems he's getting better. And Absolutely. I think from from last year, I mean, the last game he made two out of three of his threes, which was good. Um, and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think we can largely agree on the fact that if he becomes an average three-point shooter, like league average, right around 35% on decent volume, like he'll be in the league for quite some time. Um but uh, and the other thing is, I you know strongly suggest uh, everyone check out Matt Phillips' article on Mavs Moneyball on him mentioning uh, you know Jalen Brunson, and I think it I've seen so much of the you know Jalen Brunson's expendable now because we have Spencer Dinwiddie, like we've been wanting multiple. Right creators for so long and i keep seeing mitchell robinson's name mentioned so the the first thing is i don't believe we can sign and trade jalen brunson while they sign and trade mitchell robinson so i you know i think cba uh, mavs is in the chat so he can correct me but mitchell robinson's like as injured as kp the guy's going to want a bag. Like, I just don't get it. But, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson, the piece in, or the part of the article that surprised me is the past two seasons and this season, Jalen Brunson's in over 40% catch and shoot. All three, three seasons. Points. Like, dude, quit fucking pump faking. Take the three-pointer. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it shocked me. Like, it really did. And I think that's why we need to keep all three is because we can run lineups of Luca and Brunson and Dinwiddie and Brunson, and it's going to be extremely important. And I'm, I love Spencer Dinwiddie. He's been fantastic, but he's also been shooting 41% from three. He's shooting almost like 65% from two. Right. He's going to come to earth. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like, you know, these are amazing numbers. He played 40 minutes tonight. Like, he's been fantastic, but I, I just hope people don't start turning when it's like, oh, you know, he, he is going to regress a bit, and that's okay. Like, the team, and I, I like the point that you made earlier, of we have, and I, this is the reason I feel confident going into the playoffs, is, you know, we had a stretch where Reggie Bullock was, you know, almost at 20 points multiple games in a row. And... You know, Dorian hovering around 20 points numerous different times this season. And 
Dinwiddie, you know, over 20 points numerous times, and Jam, you know, so on and so forth. And we have enough guys this year that I feel like, you know, when someone or a couple guys are off, we we have enough to kind of push us over the edge where Luca doesn't have to score 47 points and we lose by like 13 in the deciding game. Um, I, I just think, you know, this, this team is, is quite a bit better uh, this year, better position for the playoffs. And, you know, it, it's just going to be, I mean, top to bottom East and West, like, can you think of a playoffs that you think will be as competitive? This season, I'm messing what up what I'm trying to say. The competitiveness from top to bottom, including the play-in. Do you remember a year? No, I, I've been I've been kind of standing for this. This is a good question. Like this is us giving a crap about March basketball is so unbelievably fun because this is a time of year, and I can just tell you this from running a website where the last several years. Getting people to do stuff from All-Star break until April is very difficult because the games stop mattering. Teams fold up. And instead, you see, like, the Pelicans. The Pelicans pushing the Nuggets last night. If the Pelicans had beat the Nuggets last night, I would have been shrieking for joy because we just need the Nuggets to fall back, and they simply will not die. Um And instead, it's like all these play-in teams are pushing everyone up the chain, which then forces everyone else up the chain to push back. We're just getting a really – like, we're getting a lot of great basketball. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really excited for for the playoffs, you know, just watching kind of every game. And yesterday, I think we were fortunate to have several. I mean, Net Celtics was super fun. Suns uh, Bucks was fun. Pelicans uh, Nuggets was super fun. I know I'm leaving some out, but um, it's just a fun time to be a basketball fan in general. And, um, you know, not trying to distract too much from the game. I I do want to see, I'll kind of end on this. Uh, I want to see another jab step dough because we we got two games back to back of it. Hope to see it again. Um, But I'll uh, end it there. Hope you have a great night. Thank you. Sure thing, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Who we got? Still got a lot of people. Good Lord. Rustin, we're going to give you a try again. How we doing? Come back out to the main. There we go. Hey, can you uh, hear me now? I can. Okay. Awesome. Hey, uh, appreciate you taking my call. Is this a call? I don't even nah, know. You know it's, I'm old school. I do radio. It's, so. it's strangers talking on the internet and we're having a great time. So what's going on? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I uh, usually don't get a listen live. I usually listen to the recording because I got two little ones. So the moments well, where you're not hearing screaming in the background are few and far between. Well, thank you for joining. Yeah, so I'm running in air and so it's available. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't really um, have too many thoughts. I just honestly, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react to all this winning. You know, my, uh, I'm... <laughs> You know, I for like the past decade, I'm thinking, how can we make the team better? Uh, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe we can get a signing trade for Bamba. What are we going to do with our uh, first round draft pick? And then it's like, we're like three games away from the two seed, and I don't really know how to enjoy it. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm with you with that. We have a, a potential special episode happening tomorrow night, and 
it's it, when it was when it was initially planned, I was in the state of mind of like, OK, well, this is going to be fine because I'm going to be able to bring some things up during the special episode with the guest. And now instead, what's happening is everything is so good that I don't know how to properly contextualize where things are going, because this is awesome. I mean, it, it, it I love this personally because um, our, it's so funny when the Mavericks win, our like clicks and downloads are like forty to fifty percent different than when they lose. <laughs> People are just like, I don't want to hear that Kirk asshole after they lose, and and they yeah. just won so many games. This is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, even I didn't even think we were going to be able to catch Memphis because of their strength of schedule. Is like they got the easiest strength of schedule, and then they lose yesterday. I'm like, well, two seeds up for grabs, I guess. Yep. Yeah, no, it's fun, and I think the the real way you enjoy these games is by doing and, and not to not to tout this as a concept, but it's just like you want to lean in and like talk with people that actually do like the Mavs. Bobby Corral and I were talking about this a couple days ago when I went on his podcast, where it's like you know back in the early two thousands, whether the Mavs win or lost, the chances are you just didn't know that many Mavs fans, even if you were in the Dallas area. Versus now, we like we have all these opportunities to connect and yell at each other, and I just think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's all I got. I got to finish my errand, and uh, I'll uh, just listen to you talk. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Thanks. All right. Um, let's see who we got. Scott. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, you know, I'm getting towards the end of my rope here, but that's okay. We're doing <laughs> – we're, it's a little earlier tonight. Josh recorded the normal pod for me, so I didn't – Oh, I thought you had uh... – Started the green room pretty quickly, so that's that explains it. Hey, uh, if I just ask you a question, um, how, what do you think the Mavericks shot on free throws? If you did, if you don't know it right off the top of your head, what do you think they shot on free throws tonight? Percentage or yeah, percentage, percentage. I don't remember many misses. Did they shoot a hundred percent? No, they shot 80 percent. Well, I just was transfixed that's on it because at the end of the game, they kept they kept missing free throws over and over, and I was like. They had a crappy free throw shooting game, and then I went back and looked, and I was like, oh, 80%. That's not bad at all. Yeah, um, I guess they must have just done both teams. Because I remember Donovan Mitchell's misses and being like, yeah. But I guess I wasn't paying yeah. too much what the Mavs were doing. Oh, man. Well, I just wanted to comment and say, Josh Green, man, it's good. I said it in our Slack the other day, but, man, he's kind of like Bruce Brown possibility. You know, he was even guarding when they were running the zone. They were mostly matching him with Gobert. Um he just plays above, like, bigger than he is. And so if he hits that three, he he could kind of play like a small ball four, um, small ball five even, I guess, sometimes if, if you're really having a low-key matchup on the center. But, I mean, against Rudy Gobert, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, he took a floater in the first half against Rudy Gobert that was like a confidence man Not shot. Not going to go in. <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't <laughs> – but it didn't, it didn't miss that badly. Like if it would have dropped, yeah. it would have been huge. But yeah, it's it's funny. It's real funny. It was. Yeah, if he gets a floater, that would help out because I mean his uh, if he's stuffing it, of course it's going in. But I mean sometimes around the basket, he's had just like an iffy. Even in college, he was like I think below fifty percent on twos, which you wouldn't expect for him. But um, but yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, I think one of the big things going in the playoffs that I'm focused on is us drawing fouls. You know, like with Spencer, with Luca. I just want to see how many of these guys can how much how many people they can like put in the get in the bonus early, how they can, like, get people in foul trouble because with both of these guys that are just 
amazing at drawing fouls. I feel like that's going to be something to look forward to when in the playoffs when opponents, star players are playing 40-plus minutes, and a lot of times they're really good guards or really good forwards. I think they could, um, they could, that could, that could turn a playoff game. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty important because having somebody else other than Luca to draw fouls feels very valuable. It's really important. Yeah, and I agree with earlier, man. Let's let's keep Brunson, and uh, yeah, I'll explain all the sign and trade stuff in the future. But just just know that we are, unless the Maver- the Mavericks are only like a million or two below the apron already for next year without Brunson, and so. There's almost no way unless we dump contracts using assets, which I wouldn't advise, so that we could then trade, sign and trade for a player because we're not going to be able to sign anybody more than the taxpayer MLE, which is like three years, $20 million. So the, don't don't think that we're going to go big free agent hunting this offseason. It's not going to happen. Uh, but we could sign and trade Brunson for an already under contract player. That's that's completely uh, logical if, if it came to that. But I would prefer to just keep Brunson, hopefully 18 to $20 million a year. Uh, four-year deal, five-year deal, because I like the three guards that all handle the ball and pass to each other. And man, that's that that the the offense flows so well without KP. Man, it just really, really does. I loved him as a cutter. I mean, as a cutter, he just he's great. But when we keep having to feed him in the post, I'm so glad that that's not our problem anymore. Yeah, this feels like I and I could be wrong, but I check. You know, I do most of these post-game recaps. This could be the first game in since the all-star maybe since the last maybe since the last jazz game but the mavericks have been really well about getting over 50 percent of their made feel uh made field goals were assisted and it's just like the ball's popping just a little bit more like lucas assist numbers are down just a little bit but dinwiddie's are a bit up and and that's just Mm. I, i think it's important Last thing I'll touch on is uh the prevent defense sucks and i think it's possibly because we overhelp um, during the rest of the game, it's a great thing. But then at the end of the game, people step into threes with a lot more confidence when they're down by 10 because they know that they need to make that three. And I think against a team like the Jazz, our prevent defense was just, I mean, getting mauled at the end. I mean, I started to feel, like, worried. Even though we were down six with 30 seconds left, I was like, man, they, they could drive in and kick it out. They're going to rotate for sure. I, I, I just didn't like that. I understand what you mean. I, I feel that entirely. It feels like the like- – they just get beat a little bit on that sort of stuff. Well, thank you, Scott. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Victor asked a very good question in the chat that I think it's worth uh, addressing. He said, if the Mavs were to play the Jazz in a series, who would get more calls? Um, who would get more calls? And that sort of thing would have to be I like the Mavericks getting more calls is something I conceptually cannot fathom in any point in the multiverse. So <laughs> that's kind of my answer, even though it's not a great one. Um, all right, let's fly through some folks. Patrick, what's up, buddy? Saw you in uh, Dalton's thing earlier. What yeah. What you got yeah. going on? Nice to see you in there. That's For anybody that doesn't know that they can also watch the games on Dalton's Step Back Mavs watch parties. So for people that don't have AT&T or however you stream, that's also an option for anyone interested. But I actually – Found out what Josh Green reminds me of. Zero. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sure. Sure. So that's my new thing for him. Just because like, that's literally what he does. Comes in, spins around like a ball of energy, and just creates chaos. Sure. <laughs> second second video game character he's been compared to tonight. I like this. Oh, really? I missed the first one. Who was No, the, the first one was I compared him to Vanellope Von Schweetz from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. So... It's a it's a niche reference. 
Oh, oh, yeah, I can see that one too. So that that would make Gobert uh, would be a uh, dang it. Now <laughs> Sonic is Gobert is Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean this is the game we you know this this was. I mean, I'm like I said, I don't really know what to think. This team just continues to win. That's right. Is that weird? <laughs> Like I, I don't know. Like everyone else has said in here, like you know, Luca does his thing, comes out. It's just so effortless for him, and really, it just comes down to the role players hitting their shots, playing defense. I mean, we know the recipe. It's just whether we can do it in the, when it matters most. Yeah. But this is the team, you know, we need to beat. So that's pretty much all I had. I just. Had to get out my Sonic reference. Sure, I like it. Talk soon, Patrick. <laughs> yep. See ya. Ben, what's going on, Ben? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, you know, just enjoying our uh, what day is today? Tuesday? It's Monday. Monday. Ugh. It's Monday. Mavs Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this this streak is great. Uh, this is actually only my second time to come on. Last time I came on, I was it was before the trade, and I remember everybody was in a real sad spot about oh, you know, and just thinking. I mean, nobody thought we were going to make a trade with Porzingis, right? Like, there's nothing out there. And then when it happened, I had several friends that were kind of trashing Dinwiddie. Look at his numbers. Oh, this this place was angry. We had like 900 people in one of these, and I don't think there might have been two callers who were like. Well, I was I, well. I didn't call in, but I was like anything. I mean, I was just done with Porzingis, and I meant that's what I said last time I came up and talked up here. But uh, and everybody's talking about oh, is you know now is Brunson expendable? Which I mean, I don't think people are seriously. I don't know. I'm not listening to anybody that says that. But what about Hardaway? I mean, isn't he now just kind of? Yeah, a, I don't I see mean, like I don't see where he gets minutes if he comes back this season. Yeah, it almost seems like it would hurt to try to figure out how to fit him in. But I mean, but and who knows? You know, uh, how else the complexion of the team, any more injuries happen or something. But I said to my friend who was really like, "Oh, Dinwiddie's trash," and I was like, "No, no, let's give him a shot." And of course, it's worked out very well. And I remember in that first game, who did we play? That, what was the first game uh, that we played after the uh, when the when Mark Bertans and Dinwiddie played? Uh, I do not remember Miami. Yeah, Miami was a big game. And every and Bertans, everybody was like, "Oh, Bertans is hitting those threes. But I was like, "Yeah, but Dinwiddie came in. He only had like eight points, but he had five assists. And I was like, "He's he. It's almost like Luca and Brunson kind of have the same game. Obviously, different because of the size of Luca. But they do that thing where they kind of they kind of work their way into the lane and they get that defender on their back shoulder and they kind of work that space until they can either get a lob or a little a little, but." Dinwiddie slashes, right? He's got that. I mean, Luca's got both, right? But Dinwiddie, it's a change of pace thing. So now that you have, you've always got two ball handlers on the floor. So if they double team, you dribble drag out to the, you know, half court, bring the defenders out there, and now you got a four on three with either Dinwiddie or Brunson. You know, it's, it's just, it opens up everything so much. And uh, I don't know, it's great. I'm really excited, and I, I really think. We got to reserve all of our judgments about the trade, even even if the season goes great, to the trade deadline next year, because it's like I can imagine taking Hardaway and lots of other contracts and going and getting like a real like a real big man, you know, like 
a trade next season, midseason, and and getting that other, you know, we've got the ball handlers. I don't know. I think you know where I'm headed with that. Like, we, we're in much better shape trade-wise. Sure. Yeah. The Because if, if Porzingis happened to get hurt, if he gets hurt again, he's not movable. So it, at least there's some flexibility on the horizon. Yeah. So th- th- that's, those are all my thoughts. I just, uh, I'm excited about this and everybody is, but it also, not only are we playing really well and looking good towards the playoffs, but next season we've got legitimate attractive pieces to trade, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we can shop them. And I think Hardaway, I think we could get some, Hardaway's got a team friendly deal, you know, with that decreasing salary each of the remaining seasons. So for sure, I'm excited yeah. about it. So I'll let y'all go. Thanks yeah, so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate you coming up. Um, let's go, Jose. What's up, Jose? You're awake. Sometimes Jose falls asleep. Hit the. What's up, Kirk? How are... I'm all right. I'm tired. I'm glad I caught you before you nodded. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to feel feel a little bit sleepy myself. But uh, some of the things that I had got from the game was Spencer Dinwiddie might be the number two. And I don't know if that's me being a prisoner of the moment, me having recency bias, but I think Spencer Dinwiddie's the number two player on this. And I'm not sure if it's an overreaction because I've heard some other smart people kind of make the argument of like this guy, if you look at his injury history and the things that have happened to him at the wrong times, you know, where he was drafted was a little late because of an ACL and then he got hurt after playing okay and playing for, you know, it's like, there's a real argument to be made that it's like like fit and and you know fit is important. Fit is just it's it's really it is it is really important to teams where I, I think we sort of over overrate you know sometimes how guys are are gonna fit and and you know I take I I, I often have very firm stances on, on on you know we all do in the off season about how a guy is going to fit and there's just some players where fit is extremely important. And the kind of thing the Mavericks are doing on offense where they're doing a really drive heavy ball handler, heavy offense seems to be very valuable for him. I mean, I also just, I think there's gotta be like an emotional kick of him getting into a different situation. Like he seems to be playing with like such passion. I know you can't really, it's kind of a bullshit thing to say. Cause you can't really back it up by anything, but it's just the guy seems to be having a great time. Right. And just the little things that he does. Uh, he had this drive against, uh, I know we're, we're talking about the Utah Jazz, but against a bonus, like he really just drove to the rim. Uh, Sabonis kind of cut him off and with his long arm, he was still able to just lay it up. Like that's something that is so refreshing to, to watch. And against this Utah Jazz, I, I felt like he held his uh his composure and when he was basically holding Luca and swaying him away from the Utah Jazz when uh Rudy Gobert threw the ball at him, uh, I really like that that type of leadership. You know, he he's a veteran point guard and at least Luca trusts him. And that's something that I heard on the athletic is that Dinwiddie and, and Luca, they kind of trust each other to an And how often have we clamored for someone who, who, and just to be blunt about it, we've clamored for someone to be like, Luca, shut the fuck up. Don't do the thing. Like he nearly got kicked out of that game for that and it wasn't worth it. And Dinwiddie 
basically shoved him back. It was great. Right. And uh man, I'm I'm really loving what Dorian is doing right now. Just he's our our spade. He's our our ace. You know, he's just doing a lot. And and I really like the confidence that that he has. Um he I don't know if it's Dinwiddie, I don't know if it's Luca, but but somebody got Dorian on on a, another high <laughs> and and I love it. Uh that putback jam that he got when Reggie Bullock missed that three in the corner, man, that was just amazing. And the energy that he looked and and Luca had after it was just it was yeah, that was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad they won. Right. Uh, th- this would be a very entertaining uh, playoff series if this is the matchup. At first, I didn't think it would be as entertaining, but uh, I was wrong. These three ge- games so far have just been real scrappy. Jose, do you like that- horror movies? Like, do you like really suspenseful, upset? Like, like I, I just y'all who love are like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Like. Y'all just must like nails on chalkboards. That's how it feels. I love it. I love that you're excited about this because I am not. I need someone in my life to do. <laughs> well, honestly, Kirk, like I would want the Clippers all over again uh, with healthy Kawhi, with healthy Paul George, because I mean the narrative would be like, oh, Luca can't beat these guys. But if he does, I mean, the narrative would be spent that. Oh, Luca finally did it. He beat the two best defenders. <laughs> right. Sorry, mid yawn. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but uh, you know what Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell had in, in common with another athlete today? What's that? Oh, they they bet on on the Jazz to lose, mm. uh, just like Calvin Ridley. Mm. Firm take. Thanks, Jose. You got anything else? No, nah, that's all. Thanks, Kirk, for bringing me up. Sure thing. Talk soon. Uh, Jose hosts a pregame spaces on Twitter if you want to uh, follow him. He posts that, I don't know, about an hour before the game, and then they hang out uh, kind of like this. Ryan, what do you got for us? Ryan, hit that unmute button if you're still here. Sorry about that, Kirk. Well, I have a take. Um, sorry, I was playing video games, so I barely what, heard you what say are we my name. Playing? That's more important to me at the moment. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say Fortnite. Been on it for a while now. No, it's okay. I played Destiny for like four and a half years, so I'm never <laughs> going to judge anyone for playing a a a fun game that 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 has a end point. Like it's just like I'm going to play one more match, and then all of a sudden. Yes, exactly, exactly. So there's been a lot of talk about. Rather play the Nuggets or rather play the Grizzlies. Me personally, out of the three teams, I'd rather play the Jazz. Um, what do you think the biggest weakness with the Jazz's defense is? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because um, I've heard a lot of people say it's their perimeter defense, which I agree because they really only have Royce O'Neal out there. Mm-hmm. Like Donovan Mitchell isn't stopping anybody. I know. What is it, Boat? Bogey Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah, Bo- Bo- Bogey? Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan. <laughs> He's not stopping anybody. And 
I think with the trade, like Dinwiddie is just another guy that's going to attack off the dribble and just penetrate and kill the Jazz over and over. And I know we've been attacking Gobert a lot. I don't personally like us doing that, like singling Gobert out. I don't know how you feel about that. But um, I feel like we're not going to do that as much in the playoffs. I know Kidd has said it. I feel conspiracy theory, I guess. I feel like it's a scheme to – I think we'll attack Bogey in the playoffs, or I would. I mean, I feel like we just take advantage of him so easily. There's got to be some stuff that they're not putting out there because exactly. they're anticipating playing this team. Plus, we just don't – like, Luka does not respect the Jazz. I think Luka – you can scheme for Donovan Mitchell, like – the game we lost most recently against the Jazz, we played such bad defense, like, beyond the arc against Donovan Mitchell. Like, we were just giving him open looks, and he just was feeling it that game. He but shoots I, the ball. Like, he was pulling some some Dame Mitchell stuff tonight where he's just kicking it from five feet beyond the line. So I get a little bit of it, but I, I, I do wish that they would – what I really wish is they would have Bullock on him. Instead, they were putting Dorian on him. And, like, I don't like Dorian as the point of point of attack defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. I just feel like with the trade, like, it made us a better matchup for the Jazz. So I don't know if you feel that way, too. But Dinwiddie just attacking them off the dribble. I just feel like I really think we would beat the Jazz in the seven-game series. Well, maybe we're going to find out, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling we will. I don't think there's any chance we'll play the Grizzlies. Um, I mean, highest optimism you could have is that we actually end up as the three seed, maybe even if the Grizzlies somehow shit the bad two seed. But if we can avoid playing the Suns, if we did get out of the first round and avoid playing the Suns, then in the second round, that would be great. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. You got anything else? No, sir. All right. We'll talk soon. Uh, Brandon, take us out. Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? All right. So uh, I've got a question for you. I need to preface it real quick. Um, so first of all, uh, it's from Thinking Basketball. Anybody who doesn't follow them on YouTube, they make some of the best basketball content out there. Uh, but basically he outlined previously and just some examples are like the 94 Rockets, the 2011 Mavs, you know, the idea of like a lone star championship team. And it, just to take the Mavs, for example, like that 2011 playoff run, Dirk averaged like 27 points a game. And then, you know, I think the next closest was like Terry at like 17. But if you were to take whoever averaged the second, like basically the highest non-Dirk score, they averaged like over 20 a game, but it was a rotation you know, maybe one night it's Jason Kidd, one night it's J.J. Barea, Jason Terry. I think Tyson Chandler led one game. And basically it's just a, a cast of guys taking that second role. So you still get that quote-unquote second star impact. With all that being said, after this Dinwiddie trade, do you think the Mavs have any type of 2011 magical type of run with that form- formula? Mm. I have a hard time answering this because I, I think that with the right path, they could make it to the Western Conference Finals maybe, but it's still just so it, – it's hard for me to foresee because 
so much of what they do, you know, it's like the Mavericks are not a very deep team. Um, that is kind of on on full display where you get past kind of the top seven, um, and and then you're you're looking at really giving Davis Bertans, Sterling Brown, Josh Green minutes, and I just think that's good. That would re- it just requires a whole bunch of things to go right for the Mavs, is my. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I obviously don't have any expectations of that, but. My to me, I thought we almost capped out as a first round team. Like that was just if we made if we got out of the first round, awesome. Anything past that was impossible. And I'm starting to believe that with again with Spencer and I mean yeah we we're not a deep team, but we also weren't a deep team before, and that tends to not matter as much in the playoffs. It's one reason I think. Memphis probably won't do as well. Um, High-end talent kind of tends to trump all that. And uh, Luka, I mean, outside of Jokic, is probably the best player in the that will actually be in the West playoffs. Or maybe, I mean, we're going to see. All this stuff starts and... Oh, my God, yeah. And I guess my only other thing then is, uh, I guess, since everybody's kind of answering this question on who they want to see, <laughs> um, to me, I most would like to see Memphis. I think Dallas matches up best with them, and I think, but I just don't think that's going to happen, at least not in the first round, maybe in the second if we can get to, like, the three seed or something. Yeah. I do feel like Utah would be next on my list. But it's it's not like a, I want to see Utah. They give me like the heebie-jeebies, but I think it's like the lesser of the next evils because I do not want to see Jokic at all. He will absolutely annihilate us, and it's just can we outscore them? And then the Golden State Warriors situation is obviously dependent on Draymond. Um, if he's not Dray, whether he plays or not, like if he's not Draymond, then I like that matchup more than Utah, but if he's looking better, they're looking more dangerous. Um, I I do not want to see that. That that scares me a lot too. So, oh well, guys, this has been fun. It's late. You got anything else, Brandon? Before we head out? Uh, no, no. Everybody, get a good night's sleep. We deserve it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Um. Please download, even though you've already listened to this whole thing. I appreciate it. Uh, Josh and I are going to be recording a podcast tomorrow night with a special guest. If that works out, that will go up tomorrow night as well. Join. Um, be sure to, you know, head to Mads Moneyball. We have a couple of articles up. Uh, everybody's kind of running out of gas at this point. <laughs> Don't want to overwrite. But, uh, yeah, there's plenty of Mavs content out there. It looks like there is a Spaces that is still going on. If you guys want to hop over to Twitter and join that. Um, This has been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball, and we will talk to you guys a little later in the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, 
just go to cars.com. It's magical.